0: Welcome to the Chess Not Checkers Podcast. We back at it again. <laughs> Trey Butts. <laughs> hey, um, to be fair,
1: we could always play checkers, like we could play chess, like, you know, online. Uh, yeah. if, if we had to. Yeah, I'm cool with checkers, man. All right. <laughs> Jambo, you Jam- <clears throat> my man Jambo, you better be watching. Uh, he said something before we got on. You don't know nothing about that. Um
0: all right, Reed. Give them what they want. Give them what they want. What they want. We can't be doing too much of Jalen and Nicole shit. Okay. <laughs> so, oops. That was our first uh, first word slip. I, I hit it. All right, so, you know, let's just start off with a little check-in round, bro. Kind of recap, you know, what's been up with Trey Butts and Malcolm Reed over the last week. So, uh, I'll go first, if you don't mind, All right. uh, so basically, had a uh, weekend off from baseball, but we did have a couple of good days of practice, uh, football practice going, you know, being in phase two of this corona thing, so, there's a lot of stuff going on with that, but we have been practicing, that's been fun, I'm um, part of this uh, Humanities Teacher Institute that I've been working with for the last week, and that's been awesome. Just learning a lot, working with some cool people, man. Getting ready for this next school year. Gotta stay sharp in the classroom. Uh, Spending time with family. You know, we had Father's Day yesterday, and I was just getting it with my people. And uh, man, my son's baseball game out in the city. (laughs) Just watching him go out there and do his thing, bro. He waits every day. Like, every morning he wake up, like, is it Friday? Is it? Do I have a game today? Like every morning. Well, that's uh, good. That's good. Not every a game day; it's practice. It. So you know, he loves it. So I mean, you know, just uh, facilitating his gifts and his things that he wants to do without me even having to say, "Hey, you need to be doing this" and anything like that. What you want to do? Let's do that. So that's that's really that's about it.
1: Okay. Um, myself, I have been. Um, We've we've had select soccer tryouts here around the Jackson, Mississippi area. So I've been busy doing that this past week, trying to get some teams formed. Um, and uh, we we started soccer workouts at our high school again, uh, where I work for boys and girls. Um, we're checking temperatures as they come aboard, Reed.
0: Yeah, we're doing checking
1: temps. So it's it's been crazy. I've seen a lot of uh, I've seen a lot of spikes, um, you know, with certain college programs, but. Um, we're not really being affected here for the most part, you know, we're seeing a lot of asymptomatic cases, but nobody that's symptomatic, you know? So I, I, I think the fact that the the word cases gets thrown around, like people are saying deaths already, you know what I mean? I don't like that. But, um, you know, uh, we, we've had, it's been hot here in Mississippi. We haven't had some good weather all week. It just started raining the past couple of days, but, um, other than that, man, um, Let's get into it. Uh, I I got something for you, Henry. Right.
0: Um, right, we back to it again.
1: So, man, um, I got I got two songs for you. We're gonna see how well Malcolm Reed knows his his music. Um, uh, you might have to turn yours off so you can hear this. Right, but gotcha. so I gotcha first you up, first instrumental of the day. All right. Mm-hmm. This is not a throwback, but it's not, you know, past couple of years. But, okay, it's kind of easy, but uh, here we go. You ready? ready? All right. If you can get the artist and the song. All right. I right.
0: I'm to let it play. I going to let it play. Let it play, man. You still got five more seconds. Yeah. Hold on. I'm thinking about it. Keep it, keep it on, man. That's it. 15 seconds. Who is it? Oh, 15. Oh, that's David Banner, like a pimp. Uh, it is the remix with Lil Flip. It's Lil Flip. Featuring little Flip. Okay, I had to pull some Mississippi yeah, right,
1: stuff out. Yeah. Um, you know that that song <coughs> is gonna get into what we're talking about right now. That whole song was about the racial injustices. A lot of the rebel flag issues. The Re- the rebel flag was thrown all around that video
0: um they actually Ooh, that's did it right. didn't, he, didn't david Banner have it on his album cover
1: yes they actually did that um he was burning it too they did it in jackson at the park there um i want to say I, I don't know what park it was in jackson but um it was was one that they, they did the video at. all yeah. right you want you 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 won for one on that all right next video next one you ready Bam. <laughs> are you ready
0: yeah i'm ready man okay dude By David
1: that that was too easy? <laughs> that was too easy? Yeah, it was. Okay. All right, here we go. <laughs> 15
0: seconds. I- that would be Dead Presidents by Jay Z recent okay. album, nineteen ninety six. Now, read. from premiered did the beat. I think I might be wrong
1: though. Dang, dude, you just know everything about that. All right, here's the deal. Okay, so dead presidents. What are we talking about, Reed?
0: Dinero. About money, right? Dinero.
1: <laughs> okay, so so we're talking about money with dead presidents. Also, hit you with that David Banner. We're talking about the flag issue, right? Right. Okay, so. Here's what it boils down to. Here's my question. I'm question of the day. All right, you ready for this? hmm Okay. Malcolm. Yo. There is a mountain in central northern part of Georgia called Stone Mountain. Have you ever been to it? I have not. Have you heard of it? I heard. Of it. Okay. What three? Confederate figures are carved into the side of Stone Mountain.
0: Man, bro, I just mm. watched something about this yesterday. Three Confederate. Now, for the people that no, don't that know... that was on that right? video I sent you
1: about okay. uh, John Alba. John okay. talked
0: about
1: it. Okay, Reed, you have two sides. You have the Confederate army, and what's the other side, right? Yeah,
0: the Union. So the Confederate would be... Hold, up hold, hold up, hold up, time out. It's three of them, right? They were generals. Well, oh, because I'm trying to get my thoughts together. Because I think uh,
1: two, two of
0: them were generals. I can guess. I can guess Robert E. Lee. I can guess probably be.
1: Lee. You would be correct. Robert E. Lee is one of them.
0: All right. I would say, dang, I just had another one. Mm, mm, mm. Nathan Bedford Forrest. <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> All
0: right. So do no, I don't know that was you.
1: It was two generals, Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson.
0: Stonewall Jackson, I did not say that.
1: And it was and there was a president, Thomas, I mean Jefferson Davis.
0: Jefferson Davis was was a oh he was on uh, he was carved into the thing too. Mm-hmm. He was a Jefferson, president. That's that's a Mississippi boy right there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so sorry, bro.
1: Here's the the reason that I chose this question, okay? A lot of people are talking about, you know, removing statues and burning these flags and all these things, right? Mm -hmm. This was a mountain that my family took me to when I was younger, maybe like 12, 13. Went up the little Uh sky lift, you know. Yeah, yeah. They had a big light show. It was just like, you know, my parents didn't say these were Confederate soldiers, blah, blah, blah. Like we just looked at it. It was cool. You know, there's no background meaning. Okay. So without getting too much into it, I need you to, I need to give you a little history lesson. Okay. Stone mountain open in April on April 14th, 1965, a hundred years to the day of Lincoln's assassination. Okay.
0: <laughs> the, on so, in
1: then. Are you with are you with me real quick? Okay. Uh, April 14th, right? 19... April 14th, 1965. A hundred years to the day
0: that they opened up to the
1: day to honor okay. the three Confederate people. Okay. All right, here we go. So um the Venable Brothers was a corporation that owned the mountain prior to like, you know, the state of George, state of Georgia like buying it or whatever, right? Okay. Ven- Venable Brothers. One of the brothers, Sam. He was heavily associated with the KKK and helped fund the memorial. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the K- Venable
0: Brothers was a corporation. Venable Brothers.
1: They had to. They dealt with like rock quarries and things like that, right? So they mm-hmm. previously owned the mountain. Owned
0: the mountain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they, they owned it. Whatever. you for rock quarries, For rock quarries, but um. The Ku Klux Klan had their reestablishment meeting on top of that mountain in
0: 1915. Okay? In 1915. 1915. Okay.
1: birth uh, of a nation. 15, 50 years later, the Venable Brothers are, you know, Stone Mountain is open. 50 years, okay? 1965, right? Okay. Um, 50 years, right. So, Getting into this whole thing, this is a part of history that we're trying to teach our youth. Confederates, you know, soldiers, generals, and this is a memorial honoring them, right? We're honoring them. Is it right that we honor them? Are we supposed to celebrate them, Reed? As a black man, do you feel- You're getting deep? right into it, bro. You're getting right into it. I'm in just saying, as a black yeah, man- slow
0: down, man, slow down. Well, do you feel I, like- I feel you know, we, gonna, we gotta dive deep into that.
1: I'm just saying, there. I'm just leaving you with that. That's why I chose all that today. Okay. I
0: got you. Got you. I like that. Hit me with what you got. Uh, so look, and I never been to Stone Mountain. If I had been there, then I would have. I would have known. But you know, so many people died like, like making that thing. Just yeah. like Mount Rushmore, that's what it reminded me of when I saw it. Like, because uh, I didn't really know it was there. Late before, couldn't have been. You know,
1: it's just not a coincidence that. Clan activity happened atop the mountain. There was a reestablishment. The brothers who previously owned the mountain were involved in, in that. And now, and then they, you know, the mountain it reopens to stone mountain. There's a lot of things, you know, it's highly criticized place that, what do you go, you can't tear down a mountain, you know?
0: You could close down the memorial. Blow it up. I mean, either way. All right, go ahead. But yeah, like, so um, I was thinking about Mount Rushmore, which is like, you know, something that's built on Indian land. Land, I'm so sorry, mm-hmm. but you no, know, it's honoring presidents that didn't stop them from being, you know, genocided, like or just kind of like moved wherever they. And that's ooh, that's my question. I don't want that way yet, but I gotta, I gotta get you now. You know what I'm okay. saying? All right, my turn. Hit me back. I Gotta hit you with with how does how well does Trey Butts know white music? <laughs> I think I listen to more rock than you, to be honest. Bro. So, you know, uh, I
1: don't know.
0: Maybe All not. Right. You put me on a lot of good good rock music. So. All right. First song. First song. Mm-hmm. I hope you can hear. Turn it up. Here.
1: Put it back a little closer. I can't hear it, really. <laughs> Leave it like that. Leave it. Leave it.
0: All right. Wait. Look, I gave you like Buku time, dude. I couldn't really hear it.
1: Maybe it sounded know, like it maybe, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a guess. Was that Foo? Was that Was that Was that Foo Fighters again?
0: Uh, it wasn't Foo Fighters.
1: I can't really hear it. Oh, or something.
0: It's Fallout Boy.
1: I've never listened to Fallout Boy <laughs>
0: ever. Okay, so, so now I, I know that I, I was can't just seeing like
1: I can't name one Fallout Boy song. I honestly didn't even know Fallout Boy was a group or a person until you just said it. I you mean, lie. I heard a name, but you
0: lie. Yeah. I
1: swear to God, dude, I don't
0: remember know. the year, the year of the um, national championship, they kept playing. The first year was the playoffs. They kept playing Remember me money for centuries. Like every commercial break. They. That's fallout boy over and over. Yes. Okay.
1: I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't follow
0: the pop music. All right. Well, I was just saying, like, it was just it was random. Okay. Second one. Right. Do you have another I'm song? i play another one that I could actually Hopefully. hear. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, you can actually hear. It.
1: All
0: right, awesome. All right.
1: Corn freak on a leash. <laughs> I think everybody knows corn freak on a leash. It's just something. The video is symbolic with the bullet going through everything. Yes. yes. Cool video. But anyway, all right. What's what's your question for me?
0: All right. <laughs> I like how you got that one that quick because that's a chance. Mm-hmm.
1: You were worried, you were gonna be worried.
0: So my question for you is, which president, The uh, yep, I'm coming with the presidents again. Okay. <laughs> I'm with them again. Uh, Which one signed the Indian Removal Act and like set the, the Native Americans who was living like in Georgia on the Trail of Tears? Like he he really was the one who was, he was president while this happened. And it happened, I was watching. He kind of, like, it
1: Um I can, can tell you his nickname.
0: All right, say um, say, say again what your the he was the president that did the uh that signed the Indian Removal Act and like led the Native Americans to walk, walk from east to west. Oh yeah, man.
1: Um let's see, I'm trying to think that time period was like is that like mid-1800s?
0: Early. Early 1800s. I'll give you the year. 30. Indian Removal Act. 1830. I'm going to say, I don't know, man. He, got a, he got a big old statue in New Orleans. Andrew Jackson? Dang, that's too much, huh? Is, that, is that that's, right, that's right, though. That's right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you got it. You shouldn't have said the statue in New Orleans. The statue, kinda, yeah. Okay. I was kind of, that was the only name that really popped out, but. Anyway.
0: Yeah, that's him. And he owned twenty dollar bill. I could have said that, but I didn't want to say it. Um,
1: okay. Well, anyway, all right. So um I know you right said here. uh yeah, yeah um, uh, I know you said we wanted to uh get into talking about some um some fathers and grandfather stuff. You know, yeah. just from from my father's day, we, we weren't able to meet up yesterday. So um <clears> happy <throat> happy, happy belated Father's Day to you and um like I said, uh, I'll, I'll let you start, you know, I know you, you would had something heavy you wanted to talk about. So go ahead.
0: Well, yeah, um, you know, Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, you know, so I just feel like it would be right if we discuss, you know, our fathers and, and the people in our lives, the, the, the father figures in our lives that contributed, you know, to us being the men that we are, you know. To, to us not being racist. yeah and and teach people that not it's not that hard um actually it's it's kind of tricky though it's not hard but it's tricky okay Um, but yeah so my dad Mr. Frederick Douglas Reed uh his dad's name was Willis Willis V. Reed Sr. that's my grandfather who uh you know who kind of Helped to lead the Baton Rouge bus boycott in 1953. Mm. Martin Luther okay. King kind of like got his ideas from. So uh, you know, I'm very proud of that legacy that my friend, that my grandfather left me to like live up to. But on the same side, or the flip side of that, him and my dad really didn't have no close relationship. You know, when I was growing up, so I really didn't know him. I didn't even know he existed, to be honest, until I was about eight. Told me like, yeah, he alive. It's all good.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm
0: like, for real, I got another grandfather. Like that's tight. I just got a new, a new grandparent. Like that's what's up. But I still didn't get to really get to talk to him. I talked to my dad about it, and he was open with me. But um, when I got to high school, I'm playing in McKinley, right? And he went to McKinley. He had his own newspaper called the Baton Rouge Post. So he would be at the games on the sideline with a press pass, you know, taking pictures, and I just, you know. One day I went up to him introduced myself and he was like, I already know who you are, it's all good. So that's how we was able to like, establish a relationship, you know, on our own. And I didn't really get to spend too much time with him, but you know, time that I did, I cherished it. So shout out to Mr. Willie V. Reed Sr. and the whole Reed family, the whole mm-hmm. legacy that, you know, that came behind it. Uh We still holding up strong. <clears throat> and uh, my other grandfather, my mom's dad, James Stalworth the first senior, James Stalworth senior? And uh he was from Hybart, Alabama, Not but when I went to the family being a Hybart bro. Is it the country? Man, it got it alena like, like it is like a metropolitan compared to Hybart, Alabama, dog. For real. And they had these gnats out there that they they just like swarmed and attacked us, man. They had me into tears. like it was it was somehow <laughs> I was like five or six years old and it was just crazy. My grandfather, his real name was Patrick McCanns, right? So when he was in was living in Alabama and uh he got himself in a little bit of trouble. And I don't really know all the details of the story. I'm trying to piece it together, you know, as the years go by, you know, but uh, he had to leave Alabama basically and uh, he, because some people was looking for him. And it was white people, and you know he was a black man. It was, you know, when it's Alabama in the nineteen forties, twenties maybe, oh. the teens actually. It's the teens because he was born in nineteen oh three. He he died at a hundred years old. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I get it, you know, years too. But uh, yeah, he had to escape. No, uh, he moved to Baton Rouge and changed his name to James. And so he had it was a white family that helped. Him. So uh. Yeah. They was the ones who gave him that name. He mm-hmm. moved back in the room and, Here I am because of that. That's crazy. Um, so
1: your grandfathers, both of them, you said Alabama. What's mm-hmm. what? Wh- where's that? Where's that near in Alabama?
0: I honestly, don't even know. But it's like in the. I to you. I have no clue. But it's not near the coast. It's like the clay is red, so it, I think it's a little bit more Maybe than, north mm-hmm, towards Georgia
1: so alabama and and the other ones from where He's from Banner. Banner's okay um well um my um so both my grandfathers have have passed on one passed on this past November i said passed way too many times but um <laughs> it's one, all good, one, man, man. no it's all good That's um cool. he 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 lived a, a long life you know <clears throat> well into his his mid eighties my um and this is my, my dad's father, so yeah. um, uh, he was a small business owner, owned his own business in Jackson, office supply store. Um, you know, taught the values early about hard work to my father. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but my father didn't go to he he, he didn't spend one hour in college. Um, he was even held he was even held back you know a year in high school or middle school. Um, But my father instilled these hard work ethics in my dad really early. So my dad started working right out of high school and, um, you know, eventually led to him starting his own business as well. Um, So, you know, my mom's, my dad's side of the family, um, both men just showed extreme um, willingness to, to, you know, make sure that their offspring you know, did what they did in a, in a, in a sense of, um, listen, I'm gonna show you what hard work is and, and, mm-hmm. a, and the fullest day of hard work is. And, you know, both of them were very, um, athletic, uh, sports driven mm-hmm. men as well. Uh, my grandfather, yeah. you know, made it as far as AAA baseball with the, um, Boston Red Sox got beamed in the temples right. at, that, that ended his career. Um, you know, he was a baseball player, football player, uh, played halfback, you know. Um and my father the same way, you know, uh, very athletic, you know, force for sport athlete. So sports were kind of ingrained into mm-hmm. me as a young age. Um and never had a father who, you know, we know a lot of kids, they um their fathers are living their their missed dreams and opportunities through their kids' eyes who so are playing baseball and soccer. And, um anyway, um you know, the small business mindset, creating something that's your own, that was driven into me early, you know, mm-hmm. don't depend on others to to be successful. That's one reason probably a lot of the ventures I've gotten into were, were self, you know, driven. Um, you know, uh, my father always taught me very young. I started working for him at his office supply store when I was you know, 13, 14, um, you know, became delivery driver during the summer when I was 15, but uh, successfully ran a business for, you know, Thirty plus years, you know, at, at his peak, at his peak performance, was bringing in you know quarter million dollars a year um, off um, a, right. off a supply store. So yeah, and he, and he built it from nothing. Um, so right. uh, you know, the Marty, yeah, um, <laughs> shout out to my dad, and uh, you know, my, my dad's doing well now. Um, my uh, my other side, my mom's grandfather, he passed away when I was five or six. Uh, Italian. Mm-hmm. full-blooded Frankie Cigna they called him Jughead uh you know he was a three-sport athlete as well in high school in Greenville Mississippi um you know fought in World War II uh was awarded a Silver Star for bravery um you know just an uh, uh and you know him I didn't really get to know well but just from the stories I've heard um, from mom and family members. You know, he, he was just another um, human being who didn't see color and, you know, came here as an immigrant um, in the early... It 19th- straight from Italy. Yeah, Sicily came, came here as an immigrant in the early 1900s. A lot of Italians, you know, um, settled right there in Greenville, you know, great farming land. So mm-hmm. the Delta was a place. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I would often hear stories of, uh, the restaurant that, you know, my family um, owns, Doe's Eat Place in Greenville, you know, it used to be a grocery store and even at one point was a juke joint for only Blacks and Italians. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. we we were told that Italians were, were looked down upon amongst a lot of the white, uh, large portion of the white community, um, you know, to the point where there was racial slurs, that you could call Italians back then, they got them, you know, but, um, anyway, I I think, uh, just to kind of wrap up, I think, um, just grandfathers, fathers, they were just men who, um, you know, didn't judge a book by its cover and, you know, ultimately, um, got to know a man before they, they they made their assumptions of him, you know, and, and that was always instilled to in me early. Just, it was never, it wasn't out of the ordinary. It wasn't as if they made a point to say, you got to be a hard worker and you got to make yourself for your own and treat people equal. They just led by example. And I, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just what it's just what we see, you know, right. we, right. what we grew up as is normal. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough um, weekend for a lot of people, people that have just lost fathers recently or have never had fathers. Um, yeah. you know, um my wife is someone who's you know never known her father, uh really been in her life since she was, you know, two, three years old. So um she's always looked at my my father as as hers, you know. Um right. but uh I just hope that you know, 20 years from now that um I've I've led a life to where my sons who are fathers could say the same things that me and you are saying right now, you know.
0: Right. So yeah, um, I'm just- yeah, so a couple of things I want to I bring up. That, uh, first of all, your old Pops has always treated me so, you know, so much respect and, just, you know, I always, you know, just felt comfortable saying anything to him. He just always kept it real. Mm-hmm. Good dude. And uh, I forgot to mention that my grandfather, my dad's father, Willis, he fought in World War II as well, you know what I'm saying? So we both got, you know, grandfathers that were World War II veterans. Mm-hmm. We, I think we did mention that when we talked about Drew Brees a couple weeks ago. But, um, yeah, a couple of things that my dad had going on. He was a Vietnam vet, you know, and yesterday uh, I, I posted some pictures of him, you know, during his Army days and military days and uh, some of his football days. Because, man, my dad, I hear this all the time, bro. And your daddy was the coolest quarterback come through Capitol. That's what the old head would be telling me. Oh, funny. <laughs> they be showing him so much love. Like he could ball though, you know. And and yeah. then he started, he started our little youth football team in our neighborhood, the How Park Cougars. That's what, you know, me and all my brothers played, and pretty much like, all the dudes from the hood, you know, we were come to How Park, you know. That's we had a team there. And it was other teams around the city that we competed against, but that was a team that my dad started. So it kind of like that he was leading by, and, you know, he never really was like, you know, he was aware of race and, you know, he grew up in the Jim Crow South as a black man, you know, and watched like his senior year was the year Kennedy got killed. He, he lived through the sixties during high school and Vietnam. So like the baby boomer, you, your dad was, still, but like, think about the different experiences that they probably had to, had to go through, you know, to, to navigate their lives you know, in the South during that time. But even no. even with that, it's like, you just treat people how they treat you based on who they are. Like, just let, let their deeds speak for them, not the color of their skin. You just look past it. No, Reed, not look past I, it, but, like, well, you know.
1: Our fathers, just the people of that generation, the good ones, man, they were so much stronger than the majority of these people I see today. Right. Like, like uh, people of color in the sixties. Like, like I I see people like people today at these riots or protests, right. You know, they may get pushed down to the ground or, you know, some pepper spray. You go back to the sixties, you got water hoses at your face. You know, you're, you're getting beat with a club. You got dogs ripping your flesh apart. You know what I mean? And 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 they kept and they were pers- and they were persistent. You know what I mean. But um, anyway, um, yes, man, they were strong back then, man. Shout out to the fathers. Ooh, um, for real. If 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 I can roll into this next thing, Reed, Um, I'll, we kind of wanted to address. Um, unless you wanted to add anything else. Let me
0: see. Make sure I cover all my cross the Died in my eyes in lowercase j. Oh, look, it's, it's like you said. It, man, I just want to say, to, you know, just to close that that part out about fathers, you know, because mm-hmm. I didn't really talk about, you know, uh, me being a father myself and mm-hmm. you know, lead by example for my kids. And you talk about, you know, uh, a lot of athletes' fathers who, you know, try to live through their kids vicariously whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I think about that, how I might look when people see my son you know, I post videos of him hitting the ball and doing well in baseball. And, you know, I am teaching him some of those things, but this kid really wants me to do it. So I just be wondering how that perception works sometimes because, you know, people don't going to say different things about you regardless. They talked about Jesus, you know what I'm saying? So I, I don't really, I ain't tripping on it because I know the relationship with me and my son. But I just be thinking like, because of that perception of other dads who actually are doing that, You know, I wonder if people be...
1: I don't know, Reed. I I just, uh, you know, as a coach, I think there's a fine line between being a father and being a coach. I never had any issues with my dad. He coached me in basketball, baseball, you know, you name it. My dad never played soccer, but yet it's a sport that I coach now. And he (laughs) he supports me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And when I was growing up, I played it, and he didn't know what was going on, but he supported me. He didn't try to make me do this, make me do that. But he also the biggest thing is you don't want your kids to feel as if they are going to a job yeah you know what i'm saying when when as a parent if you make your if you make if if you tell your children they got practice and 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 he lets out a sigh not because he's tired or sore but because like. Man, I, do I really have to go tonight? Then <laughs> yeah. you know, now see look, don't get, don't get me wrong, like I said there's a fine line because as a parent, sometimes mm-hmm. you know what's best for your kids, you have to push your kids, right. you know, right. but but there's a there's a difference between ability and effort. And I see mm-hmm. too many fathers that you know, get down on their their kids based upon ability. Right. That's, that's not yeah. that's not fair. Sure. Um, I've had really close personal friends, um, you know, recently this past year, one of my good friends had to bury his 19 year old son, uh, that, you know, died of brain cancer and, um, you know, coached with him growing up and, and, um, he was, you know, I think about if that was my own son, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I think about things that, that I've said to him that really don't matter in the grand scheme of things that maybe I went overboard with or whatnot, you know what I mean? So um, I think in terms of that, like being a father, having a kid that plays, just be grateful that they can breathe, that they are healthy, and they're out there doing something that they love with their friends, you know, and, and develop, developing good social skills. Um, you know, you and I know the statistics of of professional players. Right. Um, there's, you know, I, I, I'm gonna tell my kids if you wanna if you wanna be a professional soccer player, go for it. I'm gonna mm-hmm. support you, right? You no, know, but I'm I'm not gonna sell <laughs> no, out. That, but, yeah, yeah, I'm not.
0: Gonna that, sell you out, know, but, that's my dad kind of put that in me because he was like, I ain't pushing y'all to do nothing. If you wanna do it, then I'm gonna help you, and that's it. But if you, mm-hmm. like, you know, because he was a coach, he played ball, so obviously, you know, people, you know, it's the same stigma of the coach dad, right? For sure. You know, just going a little too hard sometimes. But, you know, at the end, but you, you Another thing you said about the fine line, some kids really need that sometimes. You know, what some, need, some need the push. They need the push and they need the structure of a team sport and the organization of it and the experience, social skills, competition, because those are the life lessons that sports teaches you. Clearly, you know, if it wasn't for obviously we both come from sports backgrounds because we met because of our, you know, Ball. Well, ball
1: no and no you're right I just I just think that um you know p- pushing your child to the point of emotional you know baggage and and stress and pressure is is, is not healthy for a kid you know it, it can lead to resentment or what I see as a soccer coach more than anything Malcolm is burnout mm-hmm. you know I, I, I've I've seen I've seen families I've seen families spend $20,000 from the time their child starts playing competitive sports they graduate high school and they go I don't want to play college soccer mm-hmm. I don't want to play college you know I'm burnt out yep. um, so Brutal. anyway
0: baseball got a lot of that too yeah, yeah. yeah. alright um, yeah, so yeah. good talk about fathers shout out to all the fathers my father figures y'all know who y'all are if I start naming people I'm gonna forget them you know, my uncles, stepdaddies out here, who my friends' dads, and, and all of that. You know, like everybody who was there for me. You know, appreciate y'all for real. <laughs> all
1: right. Um. Well. Uh. So. Uh, uh, moving into um, what's kind of going on right here, um, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm here in Jackson, Mississippi. So uh, th- we got a lot of stuff going on in Jackson right now. Um. Uh, the main thing is, is this talk about changing the flag, right? And man, it, it's spreading like, yeah, you know, and, and it's spreading in the way of now you're coming to, now it's coming down to football players that play for these huge universities. They're saying, I'm not playing. Uh, Ky- Colin Hill was the most recent. So I'm not playing for Mississippi state unless we get the flag yeah. changed. Um <laughs> And, and a lot of other, you know, uh, SEC is saying we're not going to play any championships there. By the way, we ain't never playing a championships in Mississippi. What, what is he talking about? Um, but <laughs> you, you never know, knew, man. You never know. I, I, I'm just, uh, but this is what it's going to take. Okay. They're talking about changing the flag and all that it stands for. I'm for it. I, I've been talking about changing the flag for, for years. And now I see all these people hop on social media, try to act like they just thought of it. Like, come on, man. like you weren't trying to change a flag three years ago or two years ago when I was bandwagon, you know, so all all these, you know, people trying to uh, make change is like a lot of these saints fans that hopped on the bandwagon a couple years ago, you know
0: what I'm (laughs) saying? There's no people.
1: (laughs) But regardless, the more people that hop on this bandwagon to change the flag, let's do it. Let's get it done. It's it's, it's long overdue. Um, You know, there's too many people that are for it. Now that was funny, athletes and commissioners and presidents of certain, you know, corporations are starting to uh, put pressure, you know, on the state saying, look, we got to change this flag or, or we're not playing here. Or we're not doing that. So when that started, that starts affecting people's money, um, uh, you know, I would assume that things are going to get changed. So honestly, man, Reed, um, we kind of had a discussion about this the other day, but... The rebel flag, as it's known, the Dixie, the Dixie flag. The Dixie you know?
0: flag, the if, of if, Mars.
1: So, you know, it represents, you know, the original Confederate, you know, South, I guess. Um, and it's it's turned into something that I think there's more hate and and evil surrounded with it than there is good. And I think that's the reason that it needs to change. Um, As a white man, I have no problem with this changing. You know, I was born and raised in Mississippi. My father did not tell me that this was a sacred flag and that it is all things holy, which a lot of people, which a lot of people have been. Man, You know, that, that, that flag is, I almost feel as though the people that represent that flag to their core aren't, don't represent America. You know what I'm saying? They're choosing, they're choosing, you know, a certain side of, you know, the past that they want to keep and they want to, and they want to maybe thrive again. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. Um, So, I mean, I, I, how do you feel about it? It, it, You don't live in Mississippi. Now, Now, listen.
0: I live in Louisiana though.
1: Now listen, we're talking about the Dixie rebel flag, and then we're talking about the Mississippi state flag is
0: mm-hmm. what we're
1: trying to change. The mm-hmm. The rebel flag, I mean, that's been outlawed. And, you know, a lot of the colleges are no longer allowed to fly. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, of course, NASCAR is not doing it as well. But we're talking about the state of Mississippi flag mm-hmm. where we still have, you know, old, you know, history of the Confederate. I mean, our flag is, you know, it, it has some evil representation on it, you know. And yeah. um anyway, have you seen the two new options for the flag that I posted? Um
0: Yeah, I saw them.
1: Which one did you like? The one there's the one with the magnolia and then there's the stennis flag that uh, the stennis lady created.
0: I really like the um I think it's it's a tough it's a tough call. It, it was. I think you could put the the one on the bottom you had posted with the start with the that, that, that's the stennis. But like throw a mag, mag, throw a magnolia on there too, mm-hmm. and like don't leave a magnolia off because that's. Been, I think. But, a magnolia is I think about missing. But
1: when it's all said and done, it doesn't matter to me. Like <laughs> whether they change the flag or not, is not going <laughs> to impact me as a human being and affect my decision making. But there's a lot of um black americans especially mississippians that that bothers them you know what i mean and they're and 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 i have no right to say that that shouldn't bother you you know we live in a very you know sensitive culture these days but that's that's a pretty serious one that i would say you know what i'm i'm for you so does it does it matter to you malcolm if we change Yeah, it, it
0: does, man. I, I don't like to see it, to be honest, like, cause it's just a reminder of, you know, what what they was fighting for and what that flag stood for. I don't uh, need. What, what were you taught? What were you taught that it stood for?
1: What were you taught? Ta- were you taught that any white person who has this flag is a racist and they don't like black people?
0: Was that what you? No, were taught? I was not taught that. I was taught that it was just a flag that represented the South and it was a Southern thing and it was uh, heritage, not hate. You know, it was like, you know, these people's ancestors fought in this war. And, you know, it's like Memorial Day for them to, you know, like it memorializes those who died. Just like we honor. I, I get that. I get that. That's what that's what was taught to me. That's the picture I was painting. But mm-hmm. slavery was in the background of what they was fighting for. But then it was trying to say that they was fighting for state rights. Was it about slavery? Was it not about slavery? There was actual argument about that at one time before I was. You know, I found the secession letters from each of the Southern states, and pretty much it was blatantly explicit that these people wanted to keep slavery, and that's why they, that's why they broke away to do the war. Even the author of the, the I mean, the creator of the flag, just recently, you know, they they found them, they got memes out about his quote. Now, I didn't really do in too many, you know, follow-ups on it, but seems legit like something that somebody the, the guy who made the flag would say that you know this is we want to do this for slavery to keep slavery and that was the reason
1: i mean but you go from slavery to segregation
0: yeah general.
1: you don't you don't go from slavery to free american right I'm <laughs> so i put it this way the only dixie flag that I remember as a young kid was on the top of the Dukes a Hazard car.
0: It was in your, that was in your household.
1: That I knew of. That I knew of. That I saw, was exposed to. Mm-hmm. I just thought the car looked cool. Bo and Luke Duke, they didn't seem like did racist too. to me. They I did didn't, too, no, they was cool, man. They didn't seem like boys. racist. They, they was good old boys, that's what they were. They didn't like the police, you know, which was oddly enough, which back, right? Which
0: definitely, you know, it resonated um, with us.
1: So, but, you know, I wonder, was anyone back then going, hey man, that flag on top
0: of that car, I don't like it? They're, they probably were, you know, we just didn't, you know, those people were, you know, marginalized where they didn't have platforms, you know, it wasn't no social media for them to just go start a movement behind it, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm had to be stuck wherever they were and nobody was trying to push that narrative out, you know, because they're trying to just, like, keep it on the low, really. Well, um, all right,
1: second second part to this, you know, people are upraged about the statues and the flag, okay? Right here in my home, Mm -hmm. my home, though, we have this huge, huge attraction. It's called the Ross Barnett reservoir okay huge attract- people come from all over to, to you know we got now we're putting up restaurants we got condos on it you know there's all kind of bars and people on their boats and upriver fishing
0: whatever you when know the first time i went home with you you days, that's where you took me and uh me and jj to, to the, the reservoir like it's, reservoir. it's hey, you, is- you had me saying like man i'm gonna take y'all to the reservoir i'm like yeah, yeah. The red. So, <laughs> you didn't name it. You didn't name it the Ross Barnett Reservoir, though. So I didn't know who Ross Barnett was. Okay. So, well, I told about
1: you. All right. So a lot of people don't know Ross Barnett was a former governor of Mississippi. Reed, you didn't know this before I told you the other day.
0: No, I didn't
1: know. He okay for for people that want a timeline. He was in office the same time John F. Kennedy was in office. So. That's that's a crucial time. I mean, 60s.
0: Country, my, our dad was in high school, you know. Hey,
1: the country's being run by some, you know, um, non-white looking guy, you know what I mean? Uh, anyway, so at the same time, uh, Reed, you know about the fellow who was trying to get enrolled into University of Mississippi. The black man that was trying to get enrolled into the University yeah,
0: of Mississippi. Uh, James Meredith. James Meredith. So James Meredith.
1: Ross Barnett was against it. Um, they sent, I think, National Guard up to Old Miss. They they weren't gonna let this happen. Um, I mean, you know, call a spade a, a spade. I mean, this guy was totally against anything and everything that represented unity amongst races. And yet and yet there's signs all over the place honoring this man. We're calling it the Ross Barnett reservoir, but yeah, you know. Like, this is I, stuff I was I, hanging out at
0: that mug. Like, it was cool. You brought me there, dog. Like, I feel some type of way. Like, you brought this.
1: Me. Well, I mean, this is stuff. That, <laughs> this is stuff that, you know, if you were to ask him, can black people go swim at the reservoir named after you? Yeah. Like, hell, no. Man. <laughs> Shit no.
0: Yeah. Can, can I bring Malcolm and JJ here with me? It's Here's like, hell, no.
1: Nah. I mean, no, you know what I mean? No, right. <laughs> I mean there's a lot Damn, of things got to be of, like that. There's a lot of things that just get kind of washed to the side. Listen, yeah, once right. again, I don't care if they <laughs> rename the reservoir. I don't care. They can name
0: it <laughs> They can name it, you Name know, it James River, James Merritt Reservoir, man. I don't care name what it James Merritt. <laughs> they can call it Hazard. Name Mad it Mega Ever. That's who reservoir. they need them. That's what they need to name it after. Mega Evans. That's a real OG from Jackson.
1: Okay. I'm still gonna go to the reservoir. But I just feel like that if we're gonna tackle all these issues right now as a country, like it's gonna take what's happening for people to stand up, man, and, and say, you know, we got to come together. This ain't happening.
0: You know right. what I
1: mean? Yeah. If 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 and and specifically black people, but white people have to kind of help out because it's yeah. good it's good for everyone. Um so this racism
0: ain't good for nobody, bro.
1: Right, so um, what I've continued to see with protest and just, you know, certain um, things going around my community is that stuff is changing, mm-hmm. stuff is getting changed, stuff is getting laws are getting you know, put into consideration to change flags and to take down names and, and and certain and certain stuff like that. So, I'm I'm happy the way things have been going. And by the way, we had nobody, no one's died in a protest. No one's been, you know, killed by... Yeah, y'all this. ain't
0: had no kind of issues with protesting in the last month or so, when so that, since the George Floyd thing popped off. No, and... We had some protests, and there were some some situations that it got a little uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. I not heard anything about it being any kind of... any hostilities between the police right. and the but, protesters. But there, were, there, there was mm-hmm. some, like, vandalism that took place to some of the guys who I know of here but you know now, who knows who did that and who was behind it. You can only speculate, but you can't prove it.
1: Well, speaking of Baton Rouge, what's going on with the um the school board situation there in Baton Rouge? Um, oh, oh, so man. if you if you could if you could inform me on what's going on because like I said, the flag, that's the stuff that's been hitting hard. You said in Baton Rouge, right, right. y'all are
0: having so, the school board issues. Yeah, so um in general, you know, there's a lot of uh it's a lot of monuments in New Orleans. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> just talked about Jackson Square, you know. And uh, people have been trying to, you know, take that down. And there's a movement, uh, an organization called Take Him Down NOLA, a guy who I know, um, Michael Chris Moore, is, a, is affiliated with that. And he, you know, they're they doing a lot of work down there in New Orleans, too. So I want to I shout them out because that's, uh, it's so many in New Orleans that it's crazy. And, you know, it just goes to show, like, the corruption and the like, uh, in Louisiana, people think it's way better if for some reason than Mississippi because of the picture that we sell to the media, but you know, New Orleans do be on it popping, but the poverty and the thing's going on. Anyway, that's in New Orleans. I'm from Baton Rouge. Let's make sure we get that straight. <laughs> but um, shout out shout out to them. But here, right now, we got a situation with this Lee, Lee High School, so Robert E. Lee. You know, we got we got a school named after on a, on a kind of a busy street in a more affluent section of of the city, close to the LSU. Um, it's called South Downs. You you've been through it before. Okay. The school had been named for years. I think it opened in the '50s, and uh, you know they they were the rebels, so they had Confederate flags all over the place. Right. And it, it, when schools got integrated. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of Black people end up having to go to Lehigh just for, you know, trying to desegregate, trying to force the issue, which, you know, people wasn't ready for that at the time, but it happened, and, and, and it caused problems, but it's, you know, it kept going. So, four years ago, they wanted to reopen the school. The school closed down. And they reopened, man, this campus is once like 60 million dollars. I, I can't remember the number, but they put so much money into this school, bro. Look at a campus. And McKinley, which is the oldest black school in the whole state, ain't got them kind of millions, you know. But we but McKinley serves a different demographic and you know, yeah. once again, different neighborhood, different uh, financing. But anyway. They changed the name of the school four years ago from Robert E. Lee to just Lee and reopened it as a magnet school. It looks beautiful. And, you know, we got smart students. They made a football team. They got a basketball team. So they pretty much still in all the quality students that would have went to McKinley are going to Lee, you know, Mm -hmm. because I mean, look at the facility, which one would you do? What would you, what would you do?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That is, you know, academically advanced. And athletic, athletically advanced, and wants to be around the right spot. So, anyway, uh, so what happened at the school board office this week with Miss Connie Bernard, who mm-hmm. is, yeah, she, she. This, this
1: all has to do with the, the two schools reopening and the naming.
0: Okay, good. Yeah, so um, they they it. It was up for renaming again because they want to get Lee off the off the school name completely, like get it off of there. Get, get Robert, e. Lee,
1: Robert E. Lee's name off.
0: Well, because, they already
1: got Robert E. off. Now we got to get Lee. Well, there's a lot of Robert E. Lee schools in the South that mostly black kids go to. A whole you lot know? of them.
0: I That's know there's crazy.
1: one in Alabama. Right, go ahead.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so they finally decided, you know, to vote on it again. But while they are deliberating and talking about it, this lady, Connie Bernard, who is a school board member, it's on her computer shopping, dog. Like she's looking up dresses, <laughs> and, and she got caught. They took a picture of her. So Gary Chambers, who was an activist in Baton Rouge, you know, he, he really did a lot. He's, he has been doing a lot of work for a lot of years, so. This lady that we're speaking of? My Connie, hmm You said her name is
1: Connie? Bernard. So I'm assuming she was white. She's a white lady. Okay. And this, this, this is, this is crucial because we're talking about majority black, students. black students and she's like, 80%. I don't, she's like, I don't care about the school name, dog. I need a new God. dress. Okay.
0: There must so there's some kind of cyber sale going on. Is, is she fired? Uh, no. So they can't fire her. She got to resign. And two years ago, she choked the kid at his house. Like she like went to some kid's house and choking. Is there is there is there truth yeah. to that? When they they asked her to resign in and she didn't do it, and now they asking again because she don't care obviously. So uh, <laughs> they took the picture and showed it to her, and like Gary James went off uh-huh. and on um, viral. You know, LeBron even retweeted you know the video of him. I don't know if you saw. I sent it to you. I think I posted it on the, on our page. But uh, Gary let her have it, man, and he supposed he he did right. He let her have it. Real. So she walked out. And uh, today the school board members held a meeting. It was four of them. They were all two, two black males and two black females that uh that spoke about, you know, what happened the other night. And uh he just straight up, you know, they straight up said, you you got 12, you got to 12 o'clock tomorrow to resign. And uh <laughs> if you don't, we gonna come after your your constituents or whatever. So she she already said that she's not gonna resign and i just thought that that was so crazy how that all that happened because i mean bro why is she if let me had gone and choked one of my neighbors <laughs> neighbors kids well we
1: talked let about me that
0: choke one of my neighbors kids we talked we talked talk about that where would i be
1: for some reason teachers you know they they have different teachers have like the utmost you know strictest rules and if we if we had a kid too hard. We could go to jail.
0: Man, but it you seems like it's it
1: like everyone's surrounded now. I get it. There's certain issues, but yeah, I know what you mean. That that, that seems so. So so what? What's the end game here with that? What, so, what, when are they supposed to? File they actually,
0: they actually, so they actually voted already, and Lee is going to be re- removed. And they, I guess, they're in the process of thinking about what the new name is. We just got a vote. Also, voted on a new superintendent for East Baton Rouge School District, but uh. Yeah, man that 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 just was a crazy little story <laughs> because it's, it's so it's so crazy that our own school district. It's so much BS that could have gone viral already, you know. And I don't work anymore, so that also that that gives me a little bit of freedom to talk about it as well. But I still care about you know the schools and the kids there because I worked there for, for nine years, man. And you know I've seen the things that that's happened. Like the last thing that's heard that about right now is is McKinley losing the gifted program because, you know, the gifted program was extremely strong in McKinley when I was in school, but everybody opening these magnets and McKinley don't have a magnet program. So, uh, that's, that's about to be put up to be voted for on July 1st, I think. So, you know, I want to see, you know, McKinley get what it deserves. You know, like I said, I'm i I'm a Santa Mar Gator 100%, but, uh, you know, I, I ain't going to forget about my roots and my, roots and my people. So I want both schools to do great. Right. I want to have everything in and, and McKinley, too.
1: I mean, no, you're right, Reed. Um, we should dump, you know, billions into schools anyway. It's sad right. that we're always having to have these issues, like you're talking about with your school board um, there in Baton Rouge. But, I mean, would you say that the story-driven uh, or the media-driven story Are they trying to make it about race or are they truly focusing on the education and the children part of things to say, this is what, because, you know, things can get lost, man. Like right now, so much is happening. Whoever screams the loudest or has the most people at their protest, it seems to be getting things done while, you know, um, there's certain, certain things that are happening. that are very important, like education with your, you know, your young people there. Um, So anyway, I didn't let you answer your question, but what are they, what are they? Go ahead. I was going to say, is the media focusing on the racial side of things there, or are they focusing on the true important?
0: I think, I think uh, the people who are doing the talking are are highlighting the fact that the, highlighting the racial disparities. So the media is just covering. I don't think that the media really has an agenda. They kind of just rolling with, you Mm -hmm. know, people doing things, just making good, making good news, you know, making popular news, making high takes. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I do, you know, sometimes have concerns about who, who, who our leaders are and what their agendas are because everybody does have a personal agenda. So when it comes to education and these kids, man, I don't care about any kind of recognition. Of I'm, I'm in the trenches and been, been there for the longest and I'm doing what's right. And like, like we talked about with our dads. we trying to lead by example, and that's all we can do. Mm-hmm. So, so as, as educators, that's the best thing we do, but we gotta make people aware of, of what's going on. So I don't really think, I, ha, I don't think the media has spun that situation one way or the other. I think they just, well, and uh, the, the, the people who are involved have taken control of the narrative, and not really letting the media take it over. Like we we kind of have that power on them. I mean, look at what we're doing right now. Like we we sharing our stories and we you know, we can't nobody else could tell them for us. Like we tell them for ourselves. And that's what I think more people need to be doing, honestly.
1: No, I mean I, I agree. I, I, I try to instill that in in the kids that I teach too, about just, you know, um, you gotta make your own path and, and you gotta stand up for what you truly believe in you know, it's so hard to get a kid under 20, shoot, man, 24 it's very rare. Let's say under, it's hard to get a kid under 22 to to see six feet in front of the face. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, there's a lot of things that I wish I would have put more attention to growing up, you know, um, that was going on around me. And I think that's all we can do is focus on, um, uh, everything within our, you know, ripple effect. Um, because so many people try to worry and control things that won't matter. But if you worry about your inner circle and and the people around you, that can just hopefully ripple effect from there. But um, um, all right, Reed. You you may not know this, but until you told me about Juneteenth, I had no clue what I it was. It. Does that
0: make does that make me racist? No, it okay.
1: don't
0: make you it not. It, okay. How would you know if no one ever told you or showed it to you? Okay, I've heard of Juneteenth mm-hmm. and knew it, you know, knew loosely about what it
1: was, but I didn't realize to the extent of what it was. Could you educate, before I end with, um, you know, a quote, I'm going to end with a quote from Frederick Douglass in honor Juneteenth, can you tell, mostly my my followers what juneteenth is i'm
0: just kidding all right i think uh first off i i forgot we i wanted to uh i wanted to share this little jingle for from from ross burnett's uh oh God. <laughs> campaign
1: <laughs> ross burnett's campaign okay yeah
0: i gotta say it remember all right you ready yeah roll with ross roll with ross he's his own boss for segregation 100 He's not a moderate like some of the gents. <laughs> He'll fight integration with forceful intent. Ross Burnett, ladies and gentlemen. And I approve okay. your message.
1: <laughs> Let's go swim in his reservoir. Right. <laughs> I
0: got maybe one day. <laughs> anyway. All right, I appreciate yeah, you To be honest, to be honest, I didn't really know too much about Juneteenth. Like, I kind of knew what it was. I thought it was a cool word, to be honest, mostly when I was a kid, like Juneteenth. I would see like banners, because they used to have a picnic in in the park, like the neighborhood that my, my, my daddy grew up in, it's called park, mm-hmm. so Eden Park. And uh, that's what used to have a, a, a little picnic out there, a little cookout at the at Gus Young. So, uh, you know, my dad even took us a couple of times. I remember going, you know, just to hang out with the people, with all his friends and stuff. And we just would play around and eat food. I didn't really understand what it was about, you know, until uh, I learned that in that after college. So I really knew what it was, you know, when, which is the celebration of, like, the last uh, general going to Texas and telling slaves that they were free, you know, because they hadn't even got the news yet. Obviously, you know, no Internet or no phones like that at that time. So, you know, mm-hmm. everything came from the horse mac, you know, the Pony Express or whatever. So right. you know, those those people, you know, had been free, you know, from the Emancipation Proclamation, but that had no jurisdiction over the Confederate States of America. But when the uh, the war was over and the um, 13th Amendment was ratified in 1865 and slavery was officially over, you know, except for punishment for a crime, we can talk about that later. But um yeah that's that's what it really is about. It was the end, the last the last people who didn't know you know what that slavery had in that word, and uh, we, we kind of celebrate you know that moment. But, like you said, we went from we went from slavery to segregation, and Jim Crow and lynchings and all these other things. So like, you know, I feel it, I want to celebrate, and I think you know those slaves who those people who were enslaved and got their freedom in their lifetime and got to experience that, that had to be a beautiful thing. You know, right. it had to be worth celebrating. So I celebrate on behalf of those people who prayed for years and years for, you know, for that day of, you know, salvation, basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that was wondering. so many souls was lost, but it still was work to be done on that date. So I don't get too caught up into it emotionally on that level. Because it's still work to be done today. So, you know, I just want yeah. a better world not found. You know what I'm saying? That's all I could do. And I always said to my class and to anybody who listened to me, I never... I'm not trying to change the whole world. I am trying to change my world and the world that I live in by doing mm-hmm. the best that I can do mm-hmm. to, you know, the things that I can touch, you know, to make it better than it was. So, you know, so sometimes you just detach from something you you really don't care about it. You, like I talked about with celebrity deaths and stuff like that. But I'm mm-hmm. attached to Kobe Bryant emotionally. So, you know, that bothered me on that level and I did care, but a lot of times, you know, it's like, damn, I can't hear that music no more. Or, you know, I can't see him play, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it, you, life keeps going on. It don't really affect you. Things don't affect you unless they really are close to you. Very
1: well said, young Reed. Um, all right, so I'm gonna hit you with this. Um Thank you. So um if there's anything you want to add, um, you know, uh after this, go ahead. But so Frederick Douglass said it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs>
1: so it seems like we're still in a culture in 2020 where we're trying to repair broken men. Why though? Like you're a grown man. I'm I'm a to grown man. <laughs> we are grown men, dude. Let's 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 forget about it. Right. It's so much easier if we rebuild our foundation. And you and I have said this a hundred times, man. It starts with education of the children. That may be in the home, that may be in the school, that may be in a church, that may be on a, a sports team, but we've as a country, we we're worrying too much about trying to repair broken men. We've got to start worrying about our children and and, and the generations to come. And I think so many people in this country, especially politicians who are, who, you know, aren't don't touched care. by us, they don't I care got what got happens wishes. in 20 years because they'll be dead. They do not care.
0: They're so ready they, to dresses and shopping. They make, they, wild make, and wild.
1: <laughs> they make decisions based on their life right now, right? <clears throat> and um, I, really, I really wish we had people, people who, are willing to go protest and, and and stand up for what they believe in those are people fighting be. for the future now um anyway so that's all i got for you uh tonight young reed um you want to hit them with that, the outro all the, the shout outs just like that's
0: fine too. <laughs> uh yeah um just to kind of wrap up what you said about you know the kids bro I think this is a very important time right now, and these kids are seeing things play out. And the generation that's coming after us going gotta be better than us, and it's up to us to do that. We, we can control it, but we and, and and we are educators, so we've been in the trenches for years, man. So you know our impact should be felt, and if we have, if we can work with other people who, you know, can help. You know, all the teachers can impact. So. I try my best to lead by example as that goes and learn from other teachers what works and, you know, try to teach them what works for me. And uh, if I can be a better teacher, a better coach, better father, husband, you know, teammate, brother, whatever I need to be to be to make other people, to help other people out, I'm going to do that. You know, just do what's right and and live with the results and hope for the best. You know what I'm saying? Not going to be perfect, but... Gotta keep working. Right. That's it, bro. So uh, well, that's a, that's a, I think we gonna wrap it up. We wrap. It up. Yeah. After, after,
1: after All after. right,
0: we wrapping up another episode of Chestnut Checkers. We wanna just thank everybody who tuned in to the live. Um, we still we still figuring this thing out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? But uh, we working. We working, and we having fun doing it so uh thank you all so much i've been getting a lot of text messaging calls feedback from people who are supporting the show and uh we definitely want to acknowledge that because it's very encouraging and motivating and uh and it's, it's humbling like man people really actually might care to listen to what i got to say man it's
1: yeah and i and i see everyone comment, honor. i see everyone comment on facebook um uh, you know noah and several other ones who are no, Noah, Noah got Jefferson Davis, by the way. He, he knew that. Um, but, uh, no. you know, yeah, just, just several others
0: who, a big help. Know,
1: giving their feedback and whatnot. But uh, all right, Young Reed, um, uh, we'll, we'll try to get a little bit early next week, maybe roll up on a Sunday evening. But um, yeah, yep. keep them updated. All right?
0: So Make legit. sure to subscribe, listen. You know, click on the link, follow the Facebook page. It's We it, yeah. be posting some news. We we are officially reporters and journalists now. We just gonna, you know, claim it, and 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 we'll we'll operate as needed in that aspect. Got anything to say? Say something. Uh,
1: so, some. <laughs> Let me do the next thing. Let me do the next. Thing. <laughs>
0: Oh man! Look, he was sleep. That's it, bro. All right, Reed. I'll oh, see hold you. Hold up! Hold up! I'll let you. Okay. All yes. right, bro. See you. Good night, y'all. Thank y'all again. Chestnut Checkers podcast episode three done.